so we're going to continue on the message. We thought about what are we going to do this week? Do we, just, do we, do we move away from what we were doing uh, and do something else, or do we continue in the series? And we decided that we were going to go ahead and continue in this series because the Lord has been speaking to us through the words of the author of 1 Peter in the last several months, and in fact, I think has been preparing us for this time, to be honest. I'm going to say uh, that he knew this was coming. Uh, this is what he wanted us studying, and so much of what we've talked about and studied has actually led us to this point uh, and to be prepared for today. We're going to be in First uh, Peter 4 as we continue, 12 through 19. I'll give you a second to find that in your Bible. Hopefully you have a Bible with you. You're not trying to look up the scripture on the same uh, item or the same uh, device that you're using to watch this. Maybe uh, you might need a second to grab a Bible. We're going to be in First Peter 4, 12 through 19. And I'm going to start by reading that scripture. Name of the message today, I called it Surprised at Suffering? Question mark. Rejoice, uh, because that's God's command for us, that as we might find ourselves in suffering, we rejoice. Let's read First Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? If the righteous... Uh, is scarcely saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinner. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Lord, speak to us in this word today. Help us to understand what it is you are saying and how we are to, to live it. And so, that, Lord, we ask you to uh, do that in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing he mentions here, I think it's important to point out, is he said, this is not a surprise when we suffer. Now, to be sure, we're suffering today, but this isn't the kind of suffering he's talking about. Uh, yes, we're suffering, um, we're worried, we're anxious, those kind of things. Uh, it, it, it is a form of suffering, but the kind of suffering that he's talking about here is suffering for being a Christian. So that's kind of a different kind of suffering. And he says, don't be surprised at fiery trials that come upon you and test you as though something were strange. In other words, he's saying suffering as a Christian for the name of Christ is normal. It's not strange. It's not unexpected. It's not a surprise. Why does it catch us by surprise? Why are we surprised when something happens? Uh, you get uh, a nasty email. Why are you surprised? You get somebody who attacks you personally. You get somebody who attacks the name of Christ. You get somebody who says something offhanded about, uh, about the church or about, <coughs> excuse me, about a church member or about somebody um, that you know that is a Christ follower. Why are we surprised when that happens? Scripture says we should not be surprised. <laughs> Sometimes, listen, in order for true faith, the true nature of our faith to be discovered, it has to be tested. We're going to be tested. Have you, this is a question for you to think about. If you want to, you can even write a comment. If it comes up, we can mention it. Otherwise, other people who watch the video later will see your comments. Um, but 
have you ever suffered in testing that you know came upon you by something God's called you to do? Has that ever happened to you? God's called you to do something, and, and, and you're like, yes, I'll do that, but it resulted in suffering. Has that ever happened to you? I know it's happened to us, um, and, and <laughs> quite honestly, even though they told us to be prepared, I was surprised. We, you know we were missionaries in, uh, with IMB for eight years, and we went to Poland as missionaries, and thank God we didn't know how bad the first year was going to be because in, in our human flesh we might have said, I'm, I'm not up for that. Um, there were a lot of things that went into that first year that were tough. Uh, we weren't understood. We went to a, a church that the service was like two or three hours long, and it was all in Polish, and it was, it was just so hard to sit there and, and to listen and to try to struggle through that. And then we had a, a supervisor that was difficult to deal with, and we had all kinds of issues after issues. Um, and we're like, Lord, why, <laughs> why is this so hard? We came here to serve you. We came here to, to serve the people of Poland and to bring the gospel. And, and through that process, we were reminded, you're going to suffer for my name. But the suffering is going to produce something good. Guess what? It produces something good in you, but it also produces something for God. It, it, it's part of his plan that we suffer. I know that's not a very popular thing to say. It's not a popular thing. Uh, Americans, we don't like suffering. Christians, we don't like suffering. But there's suffering all across the world. Maybe today we're getting a little taste of the, if you want to call it suffering, the suffering that Christians in China endure. And the Christians in other countries endure where they can't gather. And when they do, they have to do it in secret. And when they do it in secret, they're, they're worried. They're, maybe they're not anxious because they're praying and the Lord takes those things away from them. But there's always that, that concern in the back of their mind. Are the police going to come in and arrest us today? Are they going to take our pastor away and put him in prison for a year or two years or five years? Or, or are we going to be killed? Are they going to take our Bibles we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So maybe today is just a little taste, a little test, if you will, to see how we can be perfected through some suffering. And, and granted, this, uh, when you compare it to what Christians in countries that, 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 that have to hide their Christianity and have to, have to go underground, this is, this is nothing. But it is a taste. It was a surprise to us in Poland. It was. Uh, but it wasn't a surprise to God, and I think that's important to, to note, that God knows what's coming. He knows when he calls you to something what's going to happen, and he prepares you and he strengthens you for it, and he will carry you through it. The second thing I want us to point out here in suffering as a Christian is evidence that you are in Christ. Uh, chapter 4, First Peter, verse 13, just the beginning part, the first half says, but rejoice insofar as you share, you share Christ's sufferings. Take note here, this is important. The sufferings of a Christ follower who lives for Christ are not your sufferings. They're not my sufferings. They're Christ's sufferings. We're sharing in them. They're his. And we have the honor, I know it doesn't sound like an honor, but we have the honor of joining in the suffering of Christ. Maybe it doesn't seem like an honor to suffer for the name of Christ, but it is. It may be my body or my life where the suffering's taking place, but it is Christ who suffers. Look down in verse 14 through 16. It says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify the name of God. Let him glorify God in that name. So what is the outcome of suffering? 
What are we supposed to do? When you suffer for the name of Christ, glorify God. That's what we should be doing today if we're suffering. Uh, and, and granted, it seems like it, but, but compared to Christians who have it worse than we do, we, we are not really suffering. Maybe one of the things this drives us to do in, in gathering in this gathering is to, to think about what it's like for other people and to pray for them. Pray for those who are in suffering. Pray for those who are, are having to hide away. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. We read out of 1 Peter 3, 13 through 15, just a few weeks ago, and it says this, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. It's been kind of a, uh, a theme we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Just remember, when you suffer, set apart Christ as Lord. Suffering for Christ for what is right for you is a blessing, it's not a curse. Which brings us to the next point. The outcome of a life of suffering should be joy and praise. Um, what do you normally do when you suffer? Complain, right? You grouse, you moan, you worry, you feel sorry for yourself, you feel bad for yourself. Scripture says, insofar as you share Christ's suffering, the second part of 13 says, do this that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And then down in verse 16, it says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. There's two ways we can take suffering. We can be bitter. We can be grumbly. Uh, we can claim, this is not what I've signed up for. Anybody ever said that? This is not what I signed up for. I wanted something else. I expected something better. When I followed God, when I, when I said yes to him to go to Poland, I expected better. When I said yes to him to do whatever it was that you have said to him, you expected better. We could be bitter. We could be angry. We could be disillusioned. Does anybody remember the movie? I'm not going to tell you the, the name. If anybody in here remembers, you can call it out. There's only a couple. Um, remember this quote, life is pain, highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Anybody remember that? Princess Bride. Yeah, it was close. The Princess Bride, right? Why is that funny when we watch the movie? We watch the movie, we hear the line, we think to ourselves, isn't that true? And we laugh. But when we experience the suffering as Christians, then we're offended. I didn't sign up for this, God. I expected better. I, I expected that if I said yes to you, everything would be lollipops and roses. We're offended at the idea of suffering. We think if I belong to God, everything will be perfect. Everything will be just right. When in fact, the opposite is quite true. And I know I, I quote this quote all the time. Uh, I say this regularly, but remember, Jesus himself said, John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Christ says, if you're in me and I'm in you, there's going to be trouble because the world doesn't like me. Biologically speaking, everything that is living has a set of optimal growing conditions, doesn't it? There are plenty of less than optimal growing conditions, but there's a very small, very small set of conditions under which things grow optimally. For instance, I planted a lemon tree in Chicago. Will I ever get lemons? 
If I plant an orange tree, grapefruits, will I ever get grapefruits? If I try to grow avocados, am I going to get avocados? Have you noticed when you drive out of, uh, out of Illinois going south, you don't find cotton? You don't find cotton until you get down to Missouri and Arkansas. It's just not warm enough. The optimal conditions for growing here are not right. Will the lemon tree grow? Maybe, especially if you take it in in the winter and you baby it, but you'll never get lemons. If we tried to grow bananas, we would never get bananas. I've seen banana trees, you know, you can grow them in a pot, but we'll never get bananas because they're not being grown under optimal growing conditions. Those things that are grown in the south, uh, some of them even in the tropics further than the south. Well, what do we grow here? Wheat, corn, uh, apples, fruit trees, they seem to grow great. They grow well here. They grow across the northern tier, Michigan, Ohio. Apples grow amazingly well. Um, weeds. Anybody grow weeds? I hate weeds. I hate yards. I hate mowing. I hate weeds. I've learned to deal with it. We had, did we have a half an acre? We had almost half an acre in Montana. And I swear, all we could grow is weeds. We would try to plant a garden, and if you did nothing, it would grow weeds. And I don't know where they came from. They just blew in on the wind, and they grew. We can thank Adam for the weeds. It was a promise. It was part of the curse of Adam. When, when they were cast out of the garden, he said, it's going to be hard for you to till the earth from now on, and when you try, you're going to grow weeds. Here's my point. Do you know what set of optimal growing conditions are for the church? This is a hard pill to swallow. Do you know what this set of optimal growing conditions are for a church? It's not comfort. It's not piles of money. It's not lots of people coming. It's not fully staffed programs. It's not uh, times of plenty. It's suffering. Suffering is the optimal condition under which a church grows best. <laughs> That's scary, isn't it? We pray regularly for the church to grow. What are we asking for? <laughs> by, by nature of asking for a growing church, we're inviting suffering. There are other conditions under which a church grows. It's true. Just as you can grow a lemon tree uh, in your living room in Chicago or a banana tree in your corner in a pot, you'll never get fruit. You can grow fruitless churches in less than optimal conditions. It's possible. And you can have some comfort and you can have some staff and everything can be great. But the optimal growing condition for a church is suffering. Just let that sink in today. Just let that, that, let that re rewire your thinking on what church is and what it should do and how it should function. Now the last point here, and it's probably the main point of this text out of 1 Peter today, it's the, it's the main point that I want us to get across, is this, no matter what, continue to do good. That's, he, he, he has said, suffering's going to come, tribulation's going to come, problems are going to come, the Christian is going to be persecuted. But no matter what happens in this life, continue to do good. Now, this fits with what we're suffering, if you will, through today. Continue to do good. Let's read verse 19 again together. It says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So what do you do? You're suffering. Entrust yourself to the creator. Entrust yourself to God. And while you are doing that, do good. 
We know Scripture says that good has been laid out before the believer, before we even knew who God was and knew that he would, he would accept us and call us and save us. He laid out good works in advance of us to do. All we had to do is walk into them. So that's our calling. If you're suffering according to God's will, entrust your, your soul, entrust your life to him, trust the creator while doing good. Whether, in suffer, whether it's suffering or comfort, difficulty or ease, continue to, doing, to do good. This is the takeaway today that I really want us to get. Do good things no matter what. Purpose in your heart to do good. And in all things, no matter how good or bad they are, we do good. And we do all of these things under an umbrella of giving thanks to the Father. Let's watch uh, this video for a moment and then, and then we're going to wrap up. Thanks. Grazie. Arigato. Merci. Spasibo. Aquiem. There are many ways to express gratitude, many reasons to be thankful. Family, friends, food. Love, laughter, life. Music, miracles, mercy, chocolate. When everything is good, when life is running smoothly, when the road ahead is straight, when the sun is shining, when I have everything I need and some to share, when I feel that God is smiling upon me, thank you comes easily. But what about the other times? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wait, all? What does that mean? When I can't pay my mortgage, give thanks? When someone I love is terminally ill, give thanks? When people talk behind my back, give thanks? When my child drives down the road to self-destruction, give thanks? When I can't find a job, give thanks? When it takes everything I have just to get up in the morning and face another day, give thanks? How? Sometimes we must choose to be thankful, have a heart filled with gratitude in everything, whatever happens, no matter what. Why? Because that is the will of God. He wants us to thank Him, not because of the circumstances, but in them. Look above instead of around. Remember what Jesus did for us. Understand that Christ bore our sin, sickness, and sorrow, and give thanks. He freely gave of Himself, so give thanks. He died that we might live, so give thanks. Enjoy, success, prosperity, Yes, but also in pain, fear, grief, confusion, frustration, suffering, disappointment, loss. Give thanks. Because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, cheer up, be confident, have courage. I have overcome the world. So recognize that this is temporary hardship. This trial, this affliction is not the end of the story. And give praise to God. Gracias, Sheshe, Danke, Asante, Mahalo, Thanks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, we, we put a lot on our plate today, Lord. <laughs> a, a lot to consider. Uh, and it's a lot to consider in trying times. But I think the, these times have come together in such a way that it is causing us to think differently.
And so, Lord, there may be a, a, a variety of takeaways from today's message. We may be forced to think differently about what church is and how it functions. It's not a building or a place. Uh, it's not even a gathering of people, but it is a people. Lord, we thank you for the people that make up Elmwood Park Community Church. Whether we're together uh, in person or whether we're together in spirit, Lord, you have bound us together as a church, and we thank you for that. Lord, maybe we have to learn to think differently about what it means to be gathered. Maybe, uh, maybe this lasts for a while. Maybe this lasts for several weeks or, or longer. We don't know. Uh, Lord, a a as we navigate those waters, teach us how to worship. Maybe we have to learn a new lesson of what it means to worship in family groups. Maybe we have to learn... Uh, how to worship in small groups, uh, uh, small gatherings of five or ten. Lord, teach us that lesson. Lord, maybe you have other lessons for us. Uh, maybe we have struggled for days and months and years with fears and anxieties, and we've never adequately learned how to give those over to you in prayer with thanksgiving and to receive that perfect peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ, the peace that passes all understanding, maybe that's the lesson we take away today. Lord, that we need to have this peace. Maybe uh, things are, are, are so discordant and chaotic now that the, the anxiety is overwhelming. Maybe it's gone so far that we realize we absolutely do need you to care for us and to take away the anxiety and the fear. Maybe you wanted to teach us the lesson of today's message that no matter what happens, we continue to do good. Maybe no matter what happens, no matter how bad it is, no matter who is sick and who is dying and how bad this becomes, maybe it doesn't become bad at all, but no matter what happens, Lord, you have called us to raise our eyes up to look beyond it and to continue to do what is good. Maybe that's the lesson we take away today, Lord. Uh, Lord, there's so many different things at work here. I pray that in the lives of each who are listening, each who are following along, each who are watching, everybody that's here, everybody that's at home, uh, wherever they're gathered, in your name, as the body of Christ, Lord, I pray that you remind us to do good, to love one another, to look beyond ourselves and our needs, what we can get and what we can amass, but what can we give and what can we share? Lord, and over all these things, we ask that you put on, on us this spirit of thanksgiving. Lord, teach us to be thankful people. In the midst of suffering, we thank you. In the midst of difficulty, we thank you. In the midst of, of troubled times, uncertainties, we thank you. And we trust you. And we follow you. And we do it as we read and studied in Psalm 23 today. We do it for your namesake. You reminded us this morning this is all about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not even about this church. It's about you. So Lord, mold us and shape us. Change our thinking and our minds in these ways. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.
Amen. I'm going to give a, a benediction in a moment, and then we're going to be finished. Uh, we can follow up on uh, emails, phone calls, texts. Don't stay disconnected uh, in that process. One other thing I did want to mention is that we have contacted the village uh, through all the channels that, that we know uh, of Elmwood Park. We've also contacted the schools, and we've offered our assistance in any way they deem necessary. It has been the weekend. I have heard back from the, the superintendent of schools. Uh, I haven't heard back from the village yet, but we're looking forward to hearing from them. And we've said if there's any way the church can help, individuals in the church can help uh, to let us know. I offered to the schools that if they need help getting food to children or there's some way we could help with that, uh, let us know. I offered to the village that if people who are unable to shop because of sickness or age, uh, or they don't have friends or family, that, that, that they could reach out to us and contact us, uh, that we would be willing to help in that. So that's what we're doing. If you think of something and you say, hey, here's an avenue, send me a text, uh, send me an email, say, hey, here's an avenue we need to consider. If somebody approaches you and says, hey, I need help in this and you're unable to fulfill it, uh, it's too big for you uh, or you're not comfortable doing it, contact us. We want to be, we want to do exactly what we talked about today. No matter what happens, uh, entrust ourselves to the Savior, trust Him, and do good. So if something comes across uh, your email, your text, your phone calls, and, and you need help, we want to help. If you need help personally, as a, uh, as, as a member of Elmwood Park Community Church or somebody who's listening in today, we do have some food. We've got clothing here. Um, we can help in other ways. If you need help, please contact us and let us know. If you know somebody that needs help, please connect them with us. Um, Lydia and I are going to be around this week. Um, we actually have the uh, the luxury of being able to go to work because it's two of us at home and it's two of us at work. So e either place we can be, we'll probably be here a little bit. We'll be uh, at home some and we'll be out and about. Uh, so uh, if you need something, contact us, call us. Uh, Faith and Daniel, I don't know what their work situation looks like, but I know <laughs> Faith's probably not working for a while. Uh, there's going to be some other folks in the church that have some availability possibly uh, to do things and to be a part of stuff. So yeah, if you need anything, please reach out to us. Uh, and let us know we're willing and able to help you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as we are willing to help our community. Now let's, uh, let's close with a benediction. This is out of Numbers. Uh, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, and he said, Speak to Aaron's, Aaron and his sons, and, and tell them to give this blessing. So here is the blessing we're going to ask the Lord for today. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance up to you and upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.